Can changing your corner of the universe change the world? We think so. You've heard the quote, be the change you want to see in the world. But what does that look like? This is where we meet the people that are walking that out. One person, one idea, one decision at a time. Here's Vaden and Rex. Welcome to another episode of My Corner of the Universe. Today, we interviewed Eileen McCusick with Biofield Tuning and a really enlightening conversation. Um, gosh, it, she, she, she had so much knowledge, but one of the best things about Eileen, well, there's a lot of great things about Eileen, but one thing that was really great because this conversation is from a lot of people, kind of the airy fairy, hoity toity, like, oh yeah, you're going to like, and this is honestly like, give me a little feedback. Like Rex had told me about these tuning forks and the healing stuff. And I was kind of like, all right, cool. It's another crazy Rex thing of like some weird <laughs> oh, healing man. stuff. So like, I mean, but obviously you're thinking like, it's this tuning fork you hit on your palm and you rub it around your body and it puts your body in vibration. And I get like, there's obviously like, I'm a little, I'm, I'm more open-minded maybe than a lot of other people, but not as open-minded as Rex is on a lot of these things. So I'm like, okay, cool, possibly. Um, but what's cool about Eileen is that she's like almost the same way. Like she's yeah. like just as skeptical, if not more skeptical than me, than you, than everybody else who would be listening to this. And she's a very logical brained person too. So yes. a lot of this would not come naturally to someone that, you know, has that type of uh, thought pattern. Yeah. I mean, we've all had experience. I'm guessing a lot of you have, I know I have with whether it's an acupuncturist, any naturopath, I love naturopaths, holistic healing. That's where a lot of my values are, but you do come across a lot of them that are very like airy fairy, like, Oh yeah, it's this and that. And, and this yeah, the, the essence of the it's day. The yeah, exactly. And, and so, uh, and so you almost instantly put your mind there and you think of biofield tuning, but Eileen is just so much different. I mean, she's like, I didn't want, I don't want to be a practitioner. She's like, I didn't want to be a practitioner. This is yeah. what I was trying to do. I just stumbled across it. And she's like, then I just tried to like be as skeptical as I could on everything from, from distance, um, healing to all these different things she's like there's no way she's like there's no way we can do this um but then she's like oh wow there actually is a way that we can do this it's really yeah. refreshing to hear and talk to somebody who has all this knowledge and skill and being able to do what she's doing but coming from that very logical kind of original skeptic mind yeah and you know especially for anyone that's listening to this and they might be like what in the heck is biofield tuning it's basically using the power of vibration power of you know, energy is vibration to be able to tune your own biofield. So we all have this energy field around us, even though we can't see it. You can use uh, certain types of photography to be able to, you know, tune in on what that is so you can actually physically see it with your eyes. But, um, you know, we are electric beings. I mean, an EKG measures electricity in your heart and in your brain and, you know, all the different things that show that we have electricity in our bodies. and just like an instrument, she says, we all get out of tune. And so really what this yeah. does is helps you tune your instrument and your body. And for a lot of people that maybe have tried certain uh, things with no results and, and they're kind of frustrated, this could be a great tool to uh, you know go out there and give a try. And she has a list of practitioners on her website. Um, you know, if it's something you want to try and it seems pretty affordable, 80 bucks for a session. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she shares some great stories about how, you know, it's been able to help people. So it's a, it's a really fun episode and, um, 
totally different than a lot of ones that we've done in the past. But, you know, we, we've interviewed uh, Marcy Mearns, who is a great homeopath, and she kind of talks about some of the same principles mm-hmm. that Eileen gets into. So um, go into it with an open mind and, you know, uh, who knows, this could be a life-changing episode for you. Yeah, I love how you brought up to like the idea of like the Wi-Fi and, and relating to that because a lot of us were like, oh yeah, I have to see it to believe it. You know, I got to see it to believe yeah, or, it. Or, like, or radio waves. Yeah, I mean, radio like, waves, Wi-Fi. Any, but you, right around you right now, you could tune into any number of radio yeah. stations. Can you see those radio stations? But there's songs flying around the air everywhere right now, right? Remember, I don't even remember like when like, I don't know if this is a thing like in the 50s when they used to have more like, uh, aluminum or metal like cavities and kids would like catch radio stations <laughs> like, yeah, like all the stuff <laughs> probably wasn't actually true but basically you have all these frequencies going around and if you were to walk to somebody and be like do you believe that there's frequencies all around you they might be like oh no like okay well here's this radio and when i adjust the dial tune and it, it catches in. this signal you tune it in or you and, send someone and, a text message. You send someone yeah, a text message. You could be anywhere in the world. Yeah. And if you have cell reception, you're going to get that text message. That means that yeah. that text message is everywhere at once, which yeah. is crazy to think yeah. about. Yeah. And so think of this, like, like you don't believe it until that end device picks it up, right? Like, like if, if you'd never heard of radio before, you'd be like, that's not true. But then you're like, check this out. I adjust it. And once that device picks it up and tunes in, then all of a sudden you believe it because you've seen it go through. Well, the same thing is going to be with this biofield tuning. It's like, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, right. But then once you put it on your body and you notice a difference, there's nothing else there. It's not like she's like secretly shooting you up with some sort of supplement and then at the same or giving you a supplement and then also doing it. It's just like, this is the only thing going on, you know? And then all of a sudden you're noticing a difference or um, what you talked about too, the cosmetic aspect of, of putting on your face yeah. wrinkles or things like that. Like, you're not doing anything slider. else. Yeah, you're the sonic slider. You're not doing anything else. And like, there's not a placebo effect where it's like all of a sudden, yeah, three weeks of like doing this and all of a sudden my wrinkles went away. If that was the case, then like try it. Try it to, to think your wrinkles away. For the I've had the sonic slider for about a month and, you know, I haven't per se noticed any physical differences um, in appearance, but I will say that I've been using it before and after work and is a great relaxation. Just relaxes the muscles around your face. Sometimes you can be tense from a long day at work and just underneath your eyes. It's it's a really great tool to be able to just unwind at the end of the day. Dude, I'm thinking I should get it and because I have like bags under my eyes too. And like, you know, I'm getting to be almost 40. So you guys wrinkles, like I'm going to do it. And I should post a picture on Instagram and then post like weekly pictures yeah. updates of it and, and then let everyone see in real time that, that if it works, the changes and then everyone, yeah. you know, no. So it's, uh, it's a really awesome tool. And I know that anyone out there listening, um, if you go into it with an open mind, it could be, uh, you know, like I said earlier, it could be life changing for you. Absolutely. So, yeah, hope you guys enjoy the show. Make sure you're subscribing so you get to see and listen to all our other podcast episodes. This also is an exciting one because this one we're actually going to put up on YouTube too. So if you want to be able to check out the videos of these podcasts, um, you can follow us there. Is it just my corner of the universe YouTube channel? You know, I don't even know. All right. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll update that in the show. Notes <laughs> <so you> guys. <laughs> we're obviously very organized. Yeah. So anyways, guys, enjoy the show and we'll see you on the next one. All right. Welcome back to another episode of My Corner Universe. Today, we have the pleasure of having Eileen McCusick from Biofield Tuning joining us. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Rex. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So 
as uh, we kind of just talked about, I kind of found your work through another interview that I uh, listened to on a regular basis. And I went out and bought myself a tuning fork. And it was the first time that I'd ever really heard of not only biofield tuning, but using tuning forks for uh, any type of healing. So I guess my first question to you would be, how did you originally get uh, turned on to biofield tuning? Well, <laughs> you know, it was sort of a blind fumble in the dark that went on for a long time. Um, I had a part-time massage therapy practice back in 1996. I wasn't really wanting to be a massage therapist. I was interested in holistic health in general and had considered going to school to become a naturopath, but it just seemed like a lot of work and a lot of time and money. And so I like shortcuts and I decided that I would just start with being a massage therapist. It was a good first step. So while I was um, doing this part-time, I also owned a restaurant, but my real interest lay in health and especially in natural health and human potential and sort of merging science and spirituality. Uh, you know, those, that's all my kind of given any free time, that's where I would go. So at the time I was reading um, everything I could get my hands on, on vibrational health. Uh, so sound therapy, color therapy, music therapy. And this was in the mid nineties. So there wasn't really a lot going on. I was able to get a set of tuning forks for healing from a catalog that were created by John Beaulieu, who is sort of one of the first people to really use tuning forks. He and Fabian Maman and Jonathan Goldman we're all guys who in the 80s and early 90s were pioneering this stuff. So I came in mid-90s and got this set of tuning forks and started to play with them in my massage therapy practice. I just started experimenting just to see what would happen. And I thought that if you activated a tuning fork in the note of C, because that's what these tuning forks were. They were the C major scale, okay. C, D, F, G, A, B. And they came with a little tiny instruction book that was like this big. And it said, you see in the root chakra, it was about like the whole chakra system. So it went gotcha. C, F, you know, G, A, B. And, and that's how you were supposed to use them. And so I thought that if you, you know, had a tone generator that generated a specific frequency and made a particular tone, that if you activated that and, and held it over the body, that it would sound like a C. <laughs> and what I discovered was, was that it wasn't just the tuning fork making the sound, that it actually seemed to be having a conversation with and reflecting the subtle acoustic emissions of the body. Mm -hmm. So that in some places where I held it, it wouldn't sharp or other places it went flat or other places it would become very loud or very quiet or full of static or noise or even pulse in certain areas. So there was this whole conversation that was happening between the tuning fork and the body. And in that conversation and in those tonal changes, I discovered over time, and it's been 24 years now since I picked up my first fork, wow. that an entire vibrational language that is subtly expressed by the human body. They're very high frequency, very low amplitude waves that we can't hear, obviously, but we can feel, you know, and we all 
respond to each other's vibes and certainly animals do like my dogs here in Jamaica know a bad character when one is walking by that person doesn't even need to say anything they just sense those vibes so so we all know you know everybody's had the experience of getting a bad vibe or a good vibe or having like instant resonance with somebody and you have to say very few words to recognize that resonance and so these vibrations can actually be um picked up and decoded and understood in this sort of sonar kind of way when you bounce sound off the human body and you listen to the pingback. Now, in the beginning, people would say to me, oh, well, that's just room acoustics or that's just the Doppler effect. You know, the skeptics always want to, you know, right say enough, yeah. And, and I wouldn't disagree. There is a Doppler effect involved and there are room acoustics. But if you have the same person on the same table in the same room and you get you encounter different signals time after time, that tells you that there is additional information taking place as well. And, and it's that information that we work with and that we modulate. Because so in this conversation that the forks have with the body, because the tuning fork is producing a strong, steady, coherent input, that the laws of physics mean that resonance and entrainment takes place. So the tuning forks will initially resonate with the sharp tone coming off your shoulder because you have pain there. And you'll hear it and I'll hear it. I'll hold, you know, you got pain in your left shoulder. I hold a fork over that. You can hear it go sharp. I can hear it go sharp. And certainly your body does. But when your body hears itself out of tune, your body does an amazing thing. It actually spontaneously auto-tunes. You know, kind of like the same thing as looking in the mirror and seeing you have spinach in your teeth and self-correcting that because that's <laughs> not what you want to have going on, right? The same thing. The body is designed. Our factory settings are harmony. And, and the same intelligence that heals a cut or, you know, heals a nutritional deficiency once you start introducing that input into your, your being, your body will use that input to correct itself. It does the same thing with the acoustic aspect of the body. The body hears itself, it hears that it's sharp, and it uses that input. The tuning fork becomes like a metronome. It comes like a biofeedback device that the body can regulate itself against in order to bring itself back into its naturally harmonious state. And it's a very simple thing. And it can is that done real time or is that like over multiple? No, it happens in real time. I mean, I can take people, somebody very high on the pain scale, and, you know, say they've got all this pain in their left shoulder, they're at an eight or a nine, you know, and I can within 20 minutes in almost every time I've ever had to do this within 20 minutes, I've taken them down to a one or a zero. Wow. That pain is electrical. There's too much voltage running through the wires. They're all electrically jacked up in that spot. So the tuning fork acts not only like a metronome to help the rhythm to resolve, right? Because usually a rhythm like that is like, ah, <laughs> right? <laughs> So that's not the right rhythm, but it's also not the right placement because it's basically if you have pain somewhere, it's too much current, too much voltage running through that part of your wiring. You know, the system is overloaded. And so the tuning forks I discovered also act like a magnet. They appear to generate a small electromagnetic charge that enables me to actually move the way energy is flowing in the magnetic field of the body. So I can, I can hook in. This was one of my very early discoveries that I can, I, I developed this process that I call click, drag, and drop, 
where I could find an area where energy felt stuck and loud and dissonant and like in the wrong spot and actually use the tuning fork like a, a, a magnetic stylus moving iron filings and actually guide the magnetic field and the subsequent electrical system, right? Because magnetic fields guide electric currents. So in this subtle manipulation of the magnetic field, we create a, a manipulation of the way that the electric juice is running as well. And so we take it out of here and bring it to here and back into a healthier circulation. So we're working rhythmically, but also spatially in a way, in the way that electricity is literally running through the body. Wow. So you going from a massage therapist start to kind of key in on like, wow, there's, there's more going on here than me just maybe getting some chakras to spin in the right direction or activating some chakras. You start picking up on, I would imagine a lot more. And do you start cataloging at that point? Like, Hey, I'm noticing that shoulder pain is uh, equivalated with uh, an emotion or do you start at that point going like, okay, I want to start, you know, really diving into what's going on here. Well, you know, in the beginning, when I first started doing this, you know, I'm in Connecticut, it's 1996. I'm telling people that I'm using tuning forks for healing and they're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was kind of embarrassing because I'm actually an extremely like logical, sensible person. It's really how I'm driven. I'm very efficiency minded. I'm very like, you know, skeptical about everything. And, and so it was quite frankly, it was embarrassing to tell people that I did it. And, and so for 10 years, I sort of played around with this as a hobby and I do like one to three sessions a week, you know, and people would find me and it was, you know, but it was just a curiosity hobby. And I had a whole bunch of books going on on the side, you know, just kind of really been, I've been researching health nonstop since 1987, you yeah, know, just kind of nonstop, just always got my head in something, always learning. And so, um, so I didn't want, I wasn't interested in making it my vocation. Like I didn't, I don't want to be a healer or a tuning fork healer. But then I made a discovery. Well, I did discover things in, in those 10 years, you know, between 96 and like 2005, 2006, I definitely made discoveries. I could tell that like certain sounds would sound sad, you know, and like I'd hear the fork would go sad or it would go sharp or it would, you know, and I started to begin to understand the language. It started to sink in. But what really changed everything was I made a discovery because, uh, you know, I, I sort of developed this process of finding loud spots and, and bringing them to center. So if somebody's hip was loud, I'd hook into it and I'd bring it to center. I kind of was going up and down the body, like, you know, just right over the body, kind of click dragging and dropping everything into center and getting it to sound rhythmically correct and express harmony. So that was, you know, what I did for years. But in uh, 2000, I wish I could remember 2005 or 2006, but I was working with a woman, she came in. And she said, I have all this pain and a sense of pulling in my jaw and my neck and into my shoulder. And she had seen, you know, acupuncturist, massage therapist, osteopath, chiropractor, like nobody had been able to help her. And so while I was working on her, a, a somewhat mystical experience occurred. And this is very clearly sort of divinely inspired, I think, um, all of a sudden, I heard a loud noise out my window. It was very unexpected. I lived in the middle of nowhere at this point. I lived in 93 acres up in the mountains of Vermont in the middle of like a 25-acre meadow. And it was so quiet 
there. In fact, and when I was working, I would actually unplug my refrigerator. So there, there was dead no silence. Sound, yeah. Listen like super, super deeply. And uh, there was this big noise outside my window. And so I walked over to the window and I looked around and I didn't see anything. And so I turned around and I started walking back to the table. But for some odd reason, I activated the tuning fork like six feet away from her. And so I just started walking towards her with this fork activated. And all of a sudden, I was maybe two and a half feet off the side of her neck. And I hit one of those loud spots. And the, you know, the fork hit it and there's a little bit of resistance and it got loud. And then it went through it and it got quiet. And I was like, that was one of those loud spots, but it's like way over here. Like, what's that all about? Right. And I, and I didn't quite know what to do with it, but because, you know, I'd kind of figured out to move the ones over the body into the midline where there was almost a feeling like, like they, this energy, this bundle of little bundle of electricity, you know, once it came into the midline, there's a sense that it got sucked in and kind of a sense that it went back into circulation. Right. So that's what I decided to do with this stray little bit of, you know, plasma hanging out there was to click, drag and drop it into the center. And so I did that and it felt really weird. Like that very first time when I started going through the field, I'm like, this is really strange. Um, but she called me the next day and she said, Eileen, all of that pain and pulling is gone. Like, I feel incredible. I can't believe it. And I was like, wow, I can't believe it either. And so the next person who came in, I was like, what else is going on out here? And I started to explore from like six feet away because that was how my room allowed me. And I started to discover like all kinds of things like channels and eddies and rivers and, you know. And so wow. that led to like a three to four year period um, of actually mapping the field. And, you know, that's been the bulk of my research has been this process. And most of it happened, you know, in that very, very quiet, quiet space where patterns started to emerge. You know, I started to, to really observe um, a whole bunch of patterns in this kind of a, a invisible acoustic landscape that the tuning fork became like an invisible ink decoder. And, you know, that's how the human brain works is this whole sort of pattern recognition. So I started to discover that actual specific emotions seem to reside, like the, the history of the memory of them in very specific places in the field. Like every time I was working on somebody, you know, I'd be kind of coming in off their left shoulder and the fork would sound sad. It would sound like a sad song. And, and then I discovered this really interesting aspect that not only was the field sort of compartmentalized or stratified with different emotional signatures being recorded in different zones, but that it was also timelined in that the, the field, so I've come to see it as a toroidal structure that is bounded at the outer boundary by a double layer plasma membrane, which is fractally the same thing as the Earth's magnetosphere, the sun's heliosphere, anything that has an electric current running through it has a magnetic field around it, and this magnetic field is bounded by this membrane. So I discovered that our field also had this membrane, and I got to be about six feet away, the tuning fork would all of a sudden feel like it was hitting resistance, and, and then it would vibrate more. So there was an actual kind of like membrane there, which is about six feet away on most people on either side. And I discovered that the membrane held the memories of when we were in utero. And then just inside the membrane was the record of birth. 
And then if I kept going, like let's say I was working on somebody who's 60. If I kept going and I got to be about three feet away from them and I hit an area of turbulence and resistance, it turns out that that was a memory that was laid down, the tracks of it were laid down around the age of 30. And so I developed what is now called the biofield anatomy map which is a very sort of detailed structure of the anatomy and physiology of the field and where very specific memories reside. So our biofield appears to be what we would call our mind, our conscious mind, our subconscious mind, and where all our memories are stored in these standing waves. They're stored magnetically and vibrationally in these standing waves. It's this sort of invisible cloud storage system that surrounds the human body. And so I'm able to access very specific memories that are vibrationally encoded, that divorce that you had 10 years ago that you still haven't recovered from. I can stick a fork in that and you and I can listen to how that felt for you. When uh -huh. you were and it you might know, be I was going to say real fast, if for someone that's listening to this and it may seem too airy fairy or too out there, just think about Wi-Fi. We have all the information of the entire world going through midair at any given moment. And so mm -hmm. when we're hearing about a biofield right now that's storing memories, you might be like, oh, yeah, rolling your eyes. But there's way more that meets the eyes. And there's another thing called, I think it's called Krillian photography, where you can actually take a picture of someone's um, energy field that they're emitting. And so, um, you know, I just find this fascinating, but I just wanted to kind of add that in there for anyone that's listening to this because there's a lot more than meets the eye. Absolutely. And we see evidence everywhere of information being stored in standing waves. It's, it's a very natural phenomenon of physics. We, what we don't see in nature is information being stored in fat, which is what the brain is mostly composed of. Wow. So I had a question too. So was it something that you came up with the biofield based on you would test somebody and you'd notice the vibration change at a certain distance, like you're saying, and okay, that's, and then over and over again, you started to realize it was the same memory at the same, or not the same memory, but the same age approximately. And that's how you kind of started to put together this whole, the whole biofield based on just, hey, you tested someone and X feet away was generally 30 years. And then it was this further was this, was this age. Yeah. I mean, that's part of the whole pattern recognition thing, you know, of, of hitting a, a zone um, in the field that's dissonant and, and then, you know, kind of working with the person that I'm working with to figure out like, okay, so I, I'm hitting this. It sounds really sad, you know, but, but here's the thing is that there was another element in all of this. And that is something that I call my male slot, M-A-I-L slot, which is a structure in the back of my head that is sort of under the occipit ridge and at the atlas bone. And when I was working, especially when I started exploring the field, I would, it would feel like the male saw would open and a little note would drop in and it would say something like sadness, age 12. And so I would be, you know, hit this distortion and I would say to the person, did something sad happen to you when you were 12? And the wow. person would say, yes, my grandmother died then and we were very close and she was the first person we ever lost, I ever lost. So... So through this mail slot telling me what to do, telling me what things were, um, identity, that is how, how all of this information came in. And then it was then verified by my person on the table. So 
you know, this was has been many, many thousands of hours at this yeah. point um, exploring this terrain. And then at this point, I've taught this work to thousands of students who all work with the map and have the same ability to come out of a three-day class, work with their first practice body, and correctly identify the ages where they had major trauma based on interaction between the fork, the field, and then how they plot it on the map. Okay, I have two questions. So it is okay, yeah, like, okay. it's so fascinating. Uh, first question would be, how difficult is it to train your ear to be able to catch these tuning sounds? Because you're saying something sad or something sharp. Um, for your average person, can they catch that pretty quick? And my other question was kind of like, okay, so then you find something in that field and you, are you like, are you, cause I think Rex brought his, his tuning fork over and you're kind of playing around with it. So are you actually like your drag and drop? Are you then moving that? Like if it's at the, the, let's say the 12 year mark, are you moving that towards their body or are you moving that away from their body? Well, okay. So let's just do the first question. <laughs> So now I've already forgotten. It was <laughs> <laughs> just how, how easy it is to tune your okay. ear. To how be able easy to- it is to hear. Um, what I've learned in teaching for the last 10 years is that the majority of people actually are more kinesthetic when they first start learning, meaning that your hand is on the fork. And as you're moving your hand through the field, you feel it in your fingers more readily. You feel the change in vibration and you feel the change in resistance. Like I'm moving in and whoa, I just hit resistance here. Like you can feel that. And and that feeling of hitting resistance, um, most people pick it up within their first pass through the field. And they might be confused at first, but by the time they get within, you know, two feet of the body, they get it. And all of a sudden they're feeling it. And they can tell when they hit it, they can tell when it kind of uh, resolves and releases, and then they can tell when it moves on. Um, for some people, the hearing piece comes right away. They're able to discern. There's there's four or five basic sounds that are pretty easy to learn in the beginning. Uh, fear or anxiety or excitement are all in the same tonal family of a pulsing kind of quality. And you can feel the pulsing in your hand, and you can you can hear it in the tones. Although I will say that that particular frequency of fear in hindsight is one of the most easy ones to discern, but is actually the last major emotion I ever identified. So it was going on all that time, but I wasn't hearing it or registering it. Now, part of the reason for that is is because I grew up as the runt of the litter, the youngest of six children with five siblings, six to 12 years older than me. I learned very early on that displaying fear led to being attacked, mm. right? I mean, you display fear, yeah. you're attacked, that's what happens. And so I learned to suppress fear very mightily and actually went on to live. I started traveling around the world by myself when I was 17. I fearless, you know, not afraid of anything, anybody, anywhere, anytime, like not afraid except for singing, but that's something that I'm working <laughs> <laughs> on. And so because of that, because I didn't hear, identify, or recognize fear in myself, I was not able to hear, identify, or recognize it in others until I worked on somebody who had a very large body mass index and had a lot of fear. And it was, there was like fear in every, all over her. And I was like, wow, that's fear. Like, I can't believe I've never identified that before. And it's going on, but I wasn't picking it up. So that's what happens with new students. So the degree of which you are tuned to your own emotional intelligence and, and the nuances of your own emotional experience, right? Because there's many different, um, 
there's many different variations in the tonal family of sadness. And I could identify all of those, right? Because sadness has been something that I've had a, a lot of experience with in my, when I was younger. You know, there's, there's keening, there's wailing, there's loneliness, there's bereftness, there's, um, intense grief. Like there's so many different ways that we can be sad. There's melancholy. Uh, and, and you learn to tease out all of those different tonalities. There is even a very specific sound that if you ask the teacher to go to the bathroom in first grade, and she didn't let you go and you pee in your seat. I've identified that in three people. I'm like, you're in first grade and you peed in your, in your seat. And they're like, how did you know? I'm like, there's a sound for that that I've identified. You know, it's just that intense frozen shame, right? Around oh that gosh. it's a common experience. Um, so, you know, so there's, there's, there's sort of gross sounds like alarm, which has like a, a high pitch quality to it or intense pain, like wee and you really hear it. Depression has an undertone. It sounds like Eeyore. It's like, <laughs> um, so, you know, so these, these subtle ones we learn or the simpler ones, the more prevalent ones we learn first, but then over time and listening, everyone learns the language of vibration and, and develops great insight into what they're encountering. Nobody needs to be psychic. Nobody's using extrasensory perception. I tell people that I'm training you to be a technician and your job is to just notice when you've hit turbulence, stay there until the body fixes itself, and then move on to the next spot of turbulence. And if you want to know what's going on, just look at the map. You don't have to know. But what happens is that in time and with exposure, everybody starts to learn and understand this language. Just like learning or learning to play an instrument. With experience and exposure, you start to master it. So... Do your students typically end up having that mail slot experience that you described? Um, some do. You know, a lot of the people who are drawn to the work tend to be people who are already kind of thinking outside the box and, and following their own guidance, right? Because, because it takes a little digging to get to sound therapy, especially, you know, 15 years or I, when I started teaching in 2010, right? And these people are kind of way ahead of the curve as far as sound therapy and, and vibrational medicine and this sort of thing. So um, it already tends to attract kind of open-minded, you know, alternative people. Gotcha. Um, now we're talking about being Wait, physically. You know, I go any further. I didn't answer the second question. Oh yeah. Pretty sure that I did that, uh, but now I forgot what the second question. Was. Oh, I think the second question was um, like, if you come across something in the biofield, is it actually physically moving it away from the body to get rid of it, or oh, moving yeah, it question, towards yeah. the body to, to deal with it? So we actually do both. <laughs> uh, the idea, the idea about the energy that's stuck in the field is that whenever we undergo some kind of trauma, we tend to go into a freeze. We tend to uh, produce a lot of chaotic. Um, vibrations and we tend to like lose a bit of our life force right if you've ever seen somebody that went through some kind of trauma you see them they've gone gray they're more wrinkled they look older right like they they've lost part of their life their mm -hmm. life force has mm -hmm. been drained right that life force that gets drained from us in stressful experiences does not dissipate into the world it stays frozen in our fields so when I first started encountering this stuff in the field and, and kind of grasping that it was like a bit of self, 
that had broken off. It was just basically electric energy, but it was electric energy that wasn't circulating, that was frozen and sort of trapped in this sort of tangle of information. And so the experience feels like when the fork gets into it, it detangles, you know, these chaotic vibrational pattern records. So that the energy that is trapped there decouples from the tangle. And then we move that energy back into the midline where it appears to enter back into circulation. So the more trauma somebody has had, the more electric potential they have in their field just waiting to be liberated. Wow. Yeah. So this makes healing less about the sort of painful process of having to, you know, deal with your shit. I mean, certainly in the process of, of liberating that, that energy, it can bring up emotion. It can, you know, it can bring up sadness. It can bring up anger. It can, you know, whatever thing you were putting, holding in abeyance and not feeling and not experiencing as you release it, it can release that into your sense of awareness, but it moves through. That's the beautiful thing is that it's, and then it dissipates and you might feel it for a bit, maybe a day or two, but then it's gone. And that's replaced with a sense of light lightness with spaciousness and also with increased energy levels because we, we have a certain amount of electric potential. And if a, a big percentage of that is sort of frozen in trauma and not circulating, you know, we're running on, on half battery or less. And that's where disease starts to come in. So, you know, the experience of releasing this energy is really a practice of almost aging backwards. So I'm 52, almost 52. Um, but you know, I've backed out every single, not every single, because it's an ongoing process, but I probably had like 500 sessions at this point, you know, after all these years of teaching and having students work on me. And when I first started receiving sessions from students, I had chronic mid back pain. I was in adrenal burnout. I had miserable digestion. I had gas, bloating, you know, heartburn, stomach aches every single day. Um, I had sort of low grade inflammation and infections in my mouth. Um, and a little bit of like candy, you know, just, I was out of balance. I wasn't healthy and I had all these symptoms and, um, and those, they're all gone. Like, you know, through this model and, you know, other supplemental things, I believe body work is important too. Um, all of the physical symptoms we have are a consequence, I would say maybe almost all are consequence of our electrical system being out of whack of having freeze resistance and noise in the signal. This is the body's blueprint. And if the electrical system is not in order, then because it is informing the physical body, then, you know, the physical body is going to have a problem. So this is going a layer deeper into what is causative and working on it very subtly and simply to just relax that electrical system into the way that it is designed to run. Because when we go through life, we take all these hits, you know, and we right. get all these events and we get all these, you know, and things start to go south. But but the majority of that stuff, those dents can be backed out and that energy that's lost can be restored. And then you have this kind of, you know, almost aging backwards kind of experience. That's got to be so encouraging for people that have been chronically suffering from, you know, who knows what. I mean, the the myriad of different things that we, you know all live through our lives. And I know some people get to a point to where they've tried everything. Like you said, that one lady had gone to, you know, all these different types of practitioners and then finally had the key unlocked. And so, um, 
gosh, if you're listening to this and you're one of those people that have been suffering, uh, man, I definitely encourage you to look into this modality of healing. Um, the question I was going to ask is right now we've been talking about being physically present in the room when a practitioner is doing this, but I've also heard you talk about remote healing. Can you kind of speak to that and step up the level of, uh, the airy fairy uh, stuff that people might be rolling their eyes at? Yeah. And, and I'll tell you what, I don't know what's more airy fairy sounding than distant tuning for healing. Groups. So like group distance team for healing is probably the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of. And I can't believe I even do it. You know, that's how I look at this stuff. <laughs> but it was born of necessity because I had a one-on-one practice seeing uh, individual clients in Vermont for years. And in 2014, when my book came out, uh, my practice was already as busy as I could handle. You know, I was seeing as many people as I could a week. I was, you know, I was full as a practitioner. Now, this is in a town with a population of 3,500 people in a conservative, poor area of Vermont. Uh, I have no sign on the door. I have no advertising, right? And I do something really strange. And yet, you know, my date book is totally filled up. And the reason for that is, is because this work works on the physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, if you will, ancestral, relational, environmental levels. And so people would come to me with problems, you know, in any of those realms, and I was able to help them to solve those problems. Obviously, there's limitations to the work. You know, it's not a cure-all and all be-all. We don't work with people who are very severe in anything. Um, you know, that sort of goes out of our wheelhouse. You know, I don't treat cancer. I don't treat end of life. This is not the sort of thing you come to after Western medicine has failed you. You know, this is really about keeping your, your blade sharpened. It's about staying. It's about getting yourself in a state of balance and health and keeping yourself there so that, and, and learning how to notice when you're going out of balance. So this is, makes sense. we will treat mild to moderate anything. But when things start to go off into the severe realm, we're not trained. You know, my, my people aren't trained to work with that kind of thing. It's um, like when an instrument goes out of tune almost. Yeah, it's exactly. You know, like there, you know, if the instrument can be uh, tuned easily, if it needs to be repaired, that's a totally different person. Oh, yeah. Great right? analogy. Gotcha. Yeah. So, you know, so there's limitations here for sure. Um, but wait, let me come back to your question. Distance. Okay. So... People asked me for years if I could do this work at a distance. And my response was like, no, <laughs> like what a dumb question. Like this is physics. This is tuning, you know, this is tuning force on the body. It's physics people like don't even ask me such a silly woo woo question about doing this at a distance. You know, cause I had that same sort of arrogant, skeptical voice in my head that everybody else does. You know, I think when people are hearing me and they're like, what, are you skeptical? I'm like, oh my God, I'm more skeptical than you. Like, I don't believe anything anybody tells me, but I've had direct experience of this, right? I didn't believe any of this was possible. And certainly like, I don't want to be a healer, <laughs> but this is cool. And I'm having this experience, right? So, so finally, one of my colleagues who was an MD convinced me to try a distance session on him. And, you know, I, I am a scientist. I do like experiments. And so I was like, okay, I'm willing to give this a go. I'm willing to do an experiment and find out. Now, at that point, when somebody would come in and lie down on my table, I could go through their whole field and read their, you know, read everything that was going on in the field, tell them all about everything, a head injury in your five, this, that, you know, people would be like astonished that I had just read the record of their lives and told them everything. And it's not psychic. It's like actual physics of vibrational information in the field around the body. There's nothing psychic going on here at all. Okay. <laughs> um, but 
we, what we did was we had no open line of communication. And he lay down on his treatment table in California, and I approached my treatment table in Vermont as if he was there. And I started to run the fork through the field, and I started to encounter information and do adjustments. I wrote down everything I encountered, the ages, the organs, the joints, the this, the that, all the stuff that I learned how to read, and, you know, did an adjustment on him, which just helps bring the field into kind of, it's like chiropractic adjustment in a way. This is like, oh, you're all out of order magnetically here, and let's adjust you. And then the body goes, oh, phew, I needed that, right? So I did the adjustments, and then I got on the phone with him, and I went through my notes, and, and he said, Eileen, everything is exactly right. I mean, I told him the personality of his mother. I told him the condition of certain organs that weren't right. I told him where he had inflammation in certain joints. You know, I told him age that he had a head injury. I told him ages that he was undergoing a lot of stress, like all of it, like a lot of detailed information. And, and it, he said it was 100% correct. Now, were you more blown away or was he more blown away? I was so blown away because he had that experience already with distance. So here I am. Uh, okay into something, not tuning, but distance healing. Here I am going into something as a skeptic, not believing it's possible. And I still was able to do it. And he reported that he felt it and that he experienced a state change. And I was like, get out of town. Like now I got to eat crow and go tell everybody like, oh, actually you can do this at a distance. And I was just being an arrogant jerk about it. You know, and I, I think that our beliefs get in the way so much. You know, I think it's super important to be skeptical, but to be an open-minded skeptic and to, and to have the experience yourself. You know, and at this point, the hypothesis of can biofield tuning be done at a distance has been replicated hundreds of thousands of times, and wow. it's been tested, replicated. People are able to read the map. They are able to get the information. They are able to do the adjustments. People who are even just learning are able to do this work at a distance. Wow. Okay. That is all amazing. I kind of want to transition a little bit because we've been talking about the biofield, but you also invented a different type of tuning fork called the sonic slider. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that and kind of how it came to be and what it does and how it differs from the other tuning forks? Sure. Um, the sonic slider came to be out of pure vanity. Uh, when, when I was around 40, um, I was in the car with my kids and they were probably like nine and six. And one of them said to me, Hey mom, you're starting to look old. And the other one said, yeah, mom, with all you do, you should have figured out how to not look old. <laughs> and I she was like, kids, honesty. Oh, man. Yeah. I was like, challenge accepted. Yeah. And so, um, so I started working on trying to solve that problem, uh, back then and came up with a few things that, that worked, um, but, you know, there wasn't as much urgency for me at 40 um, than there was when I got to be about 49. <laughs> and then I was like, yeah, I think I got to revisit um, that experiment and, and make this even easier, right? Because I love easy uh, and I love simple. And so I, I had a, the feeling that I wanted to create a fork for personal use, for relaxation and for rejuvenation. And so I noodled around with some numbers, um, playing with the Fibonacci sequence, with the Schumann resonance, with overtones of the Schumann resonance, with some other sacred geometry numbers. I had a handful of prototypes created by my manufacturer. And I knew the moment that I got this one, um, which is the sonic slider, which is 93.96 hertz. 
it's the 12th harmonic of the Schumann resonance. So the, the mean frequency of the Schumann resonance is 7.83 hertz on average, and it is not rising, uh, contrary to what people in New Age circles are saying that the Earth's frequency is rising and consciousness is raising. It's simply a misinformation. The, the, in order for the Schumann resonance, which is generated, it's the electrical pulse that occurs between the surface of the earth and the inner part of the ionosphere. So just like radio waves bounce off the ionosphere, so do these Schumann frequencies. Okay. And, and so it's the size of the ionosphere cavity that determines what this fundamental tone is. And that is around 7.83 hertz. People who are claiming that it is going up that would mean that the ionospheric cavity would have to be shrinking in order for that frequency to go up in response to that. And there's no evidence that's happening. What, what appears to be happening is that there are particular days when there are spikes in the amplitude, which then accents the higher harmonics. And you can even hear that in a tuning fork sometimes. If I'm doing a tuning fork over somebody, I can hear the fundamental, but then I can actually hear one of the overtones stronger than the fundamental. And so that's what is going on with the Schumann resonance mm. is that these fundamentals become strengthened, the overtones become strengthened. So 93.96 hertz is uh, 12 times 7.83. Now the body loves the Schumann resonance and it's a very important, it's sort of like a metronome that's always going on in our environment that um, they say our pineal gland, which is uh, largely magnetite, picks up on this frequency and bases all of our circadian rhythms off of that. So when people go outside the atmosphere, allegedly, or people go underground, uh, they're not exposed to this frequency, their circadian rhythms start to fall apart and they just kind of start Whoa. to go anywhere. So wow. extremely important frequency and it is embedded in this fork because it's a harmonic of it. So when I first started using it, I had it designed with an extra long handle. You know, some tuning forks, the handles are, you know, like that, that big. So this has a very long handle. And, um, and I designed it to be used on the face. You know, and I just started hanging out and rubbing the handle, like on my face and my neck. And um, I did that for, I don't know, maybe three weeks. And then I was in a Zoom meeting and some of my colleagues were like, Eileen, what did you do to your face? And I was like, aha, <laughs> my prototype is working. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so that was what it was originally designed for, but it has turned into this incredibly useful tool that people are using for so many other purposes. So initially for the first few months, I only used it on my face and I actually dropped a size and I didn't change anything. I went from a size eight to a size six, just using it on my face and my neck. And then uh, I started experimenting with using it on my body. So the same idea of running the handle, I just started, you know, sort of sliding the handle on my body, kind of covering my whole body with it. And I actually had an incredibly um, outlier kind of experience compared to what subsequent users have experienced. But I lost 15 pounds in five weeks. Wow. Because what I was holding was a lot of water weight. You know, I didn't eat a lot, but I had a lot of tension in my fascia again you know from kind of growing up as the runt of the litter and a lot of like this stuff going on um i had all these fascia knots that were impeding fluid flow in my body and so by using this firmly um it released the fascia which then allowed fluid that had been trapped to just kind of come out 
So um, I also discovered that it toned muscles. Like I don't exercise or work out, um, but using this, now it's been three years now that I've been using it on my body. Um, but you know, to not exercise or work out and have muscles for, and I only use it five to 10 minutes a day and I don't even use it every day. Nice. So just like standing on those mechanical vibration plates helps to tone muscle. Yeah, that you might see at a gym or something. Exactly, this is yeah. the that you're adding tone. That's you amazing. And you become toned. It is amazing. It's really so, amazing. <laughs> do you have any, do you, I mean, because like, do you have any pictures from before and after? Because like just from getting on this call, like, I mean, you, like, you don't have wrinkles. You don't have bags under your eyes. Like I, you probably could have passed for like late 30s. Yeah. So like, so like, I mean, it's just, it's amazing. It would be I'd love to see or have people see like any sort of before. I've seen some of your older videos and there is a huge noticeable difference. Yeah, I definitely have before and after pictures. And and I and I also I have this very embarrassing picture that somebody posted on their website. I, <laughs> I was teaching in Australia and I'm standing with my belly hanging out and I really literally look seven months pregnant, but I'm not pregnant. I just the way that um you know my experience of my body growing up is that I never had conscious connection to my abdominal muscles. And I always kind of had a muffin top and kind of a doughy middle. And it didn't matter what kind of exercise I did because my brain and my belly were not connected, you know, due to trauma. And so the using the, the sonic slider on my belly, when you put this mechanical stimulation, it's also the body translates it into an electrical stimulation. So it started to get those deep core muscles actually firing and connected to my brain. And now I have a totally toned, uh, belly and don't do any sit-ups and and all the sit-ups and pilates and the things that i tried to do when you know if your brain and your muscles are connected nothing's gonna happen so it solved that problem for me and and now and made me much more kind of embodied um you know and and now i i've lost i've just gotten really small you know i think i'm the size that i was sort of always meant to be um but it took you know, using this tool to get there, but it's not just like, I mean, yes, weight loss and rejuvenation, but people are using it for pain. Um, they're using it for like faster recovery from exercise. They're getting rid of TMJ. They're improving their digestion. They're getting rid of menstrual cramps. They're getting rid of migraines. They're helping themselves go to sleep at night. Like it's, it's a very useful little companion. I've had it for about three or four weeks and I find it to be very relaxing after a long day of work. Um, I love how it can help drain the lymphs and, uh, you know, kind of just move through, you know, on the neck. And my wife suffers from chronic migraines. And um, one time I was able to kind of get, get one of those migraines to go away um, in its early stages um, so, I mean, just that alone right there is, is well worth it, but it's very different than your other tuning fork where, um, this one you're actually, you know, physically putting on your, on your body where the other one's for the biofield, you can actually use this one yourself on the other one. Do you actually have to have a practitioner, um, you know, participate or can you work on your own biofield or is you can actually use this one in the field. So, um, this is another sonic slider. This one was kind of an early model where we didn't have the tines spread. Uh, this is a later model where the tines are a little spread so they don't clang when you hit them. Um, this boot here on the end, that's, do you have that on yours? Do you I don't. That? I need to get the boot. Yeah, the boot kind of takes it to a whole nother level because you can use the boot, like, especially for like things like headaches, you know, it's, you can get in and 
Um, but you know, also for beauty and that sort of thing. And then for muscle toning, cause using the boot actually really kind of took this to a whole other level. Right. So I just wanted to share now with that. the boot, you could take it off. Cause I do kind of like the needled point of the, the tuning fork itself to be able to get into, you know, some spots. Yeah. Well, this has got a defined edge. Okay. So actually kind of use that like if you've got tight trapezius you can you know you can come in and sort of slide that edge in there okay nice iron out people's tension you know people can be like that and you can just go up behind them and like just iron them out which is really nice but you can use the weighted forks in the field as well and we do we don't just use the unweighted forks in the field which i'll show you in a second that you can actually take your sonic slider and you can move in towards your wife's head and you can be like oh wow i feel that right there you know interesting adjustment with a weighted fork as well so it doesn't you get the you get the vibrational information through your fingertips and a skilled practitioner can get huge amounts of information by not hearing at all but just by feeling oh. um, what that vibration feels like that information is there so you wow. can do it that way too you can play around with that um, this is the uh, this is the fork that I use the most when I'm working in the field, it's 174 hertz. And what I'll, you know, I'll activate that and comb it in towards the body. And that way I can hear and feel, you know, whatever I'm encountering. But we have found, you know, the weighted forks to be very useful. And you can even work on yourself at a distance. So you can do what I do, which is I project. Oh, interesting. So I go, you know, and I don't need any props or anything, but some people will like, put down a, a medical skeleton or, you know, a mat that has a cut out of a person or whatever. I just go, that's my hologram. And then using the biofield anatomy map, which is in my book, uh, and you can also buy it on our website, a little laminated card, you know, where you can like cross-reference. Uh, you can actually do an adjustment on yourself. You can be like, I'm working on my own hologram. I'm, you, you can use the science slider. You can be like, I'm going to go after that memory of that motorcycle accident that I had. Da, da, da. I want to find that, play, you know, boy, boy. so things like that. Um, it's very doable and people have very interesting experiences working on their huh. own. Programs. Interesting. That's awesome yeah. idea for anyone out there that, you know, might not have a practitioner um, or just wants to start, you know, experimenting and play around with it. Um, I know last night I was over at Vaden's house and I let his two-year-old have the fork and he wouldn't let me put it down. He just wanted to feel that vibration. He kept, on him. He was, kept tuning it and just putting it on him. And he was like mesmerized for, yeah. I don't know, 15, 20 minutes, just nonstop. He just yeah, like nonstop. wanted that thing all over him, his body. Yeah. Pets too. So kids and pets love them, you know, and it, not every pet, you know, but <laughs> a lot of pets. Well, if you, you know, people say, I always start using Sonic Slider myself. My cat comes over and my dog comes over and wants me to do it. Or, you know, my mother stole it or, <laughs> um, it's it's appealing you know there's something about it and it just feels good your body goes oh i like that you know i want to feel that awesome. let's talk about i am curious about the becoming a practitioner uh route so talk about that do you have i think i thought you mentioned like a a, a course where it's a few days like do people fly in do you're on site talk a little bit about that and what the details are on on training people to become practitioners yeah. So pre-COVID, we were doing in-person classes. Uh, we split up the training into two modules. So the first module is three days, the second is five days, and with practice in between. So it's a, it's about a 60-hour training that you go through, and then you become a certified biofield tuning practitioner. 
Uh, because of COVID, we were forced to rethink our beliefs. You know, people would ask me for years, can you teach this at a distance? And I was like, no, yeah. <laughs> it can't be done. And, uh, and then, you know, when, when we started having to cancel classes, I convened my team and I said, you know, do we believe it's possible to teach this virtually because that is the way the market is doing. And we had to, you know, do some testing and work our way through it. But we concluded that, yes, it is possible to teach this virtually and kind of the way that we have to go. Um, fundamentally, it's a better model. It delivers more information to the students and it allows us to reach people all over the world, people who wouldn't have been able to make it yeah. to mm -hmm. So we're actually launching um, this fall. It's not available to the general public until 2021 because we had all of these students, you know, 2020 was canceled and rescheduled for 2021, right? Yeah. We have all of these students whose in-person classes were canceled and so they have first dibs on our first round of virtual training. But you will be able to become fully certified through the internet um, in 2021. Wow, awesome. Because part of part of my mail slot uh, directive, if you will, um, you know, when I realized that what I was doing with this field work was really profound and I felt like I kind of had a moral obligation to bring it to the world. And I received this sort of download from my mail slot that, that basically gave me what I call my prime directive, which was, um, do you need to go to college and get degrees and learn and teach about sound, which I did. My book is based on my master's thesis that was came out in 2011. Went to college as an adult. I never went when I was younger. Um, the biofield tuning needs to cover the globe. You know, that, that you need to get this out there and you need to participate in advancing the science of the biofield through academic and scientific channels. Um, we just had our first peer-reviewed study published in the Journal of Alternative Medicine and Complementary awesome. Medicine. Science that is awesome. Yeah, and we were lining up to do another one. We're actually doing um, an efficacy study on the power of distance biofield tuning to treat anxiety. And so we'll be having 15 volunteers uh, receive three sessions over the course of three weeks and self-reporting on their experience of how it affects their anxiety. This is an IRB-approved study and will also be submitted for peer review. So we're doing the work, you know, to, to deal with the science end of it for the skeptics and the people who need that, but also yeah. because we want to see the data too and have the experience of doing that study. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of a side note, but... At, at my website at biofieldtuning.com, you can purchase uh, the tuning forks that you use as a practitioner and you can get the book and you can get, I think there's something like almost 300 minutes of instructional training that, that I do. So if you know you want to get started and want to become a practitioner or at least learn how to work on friends and family, you can get the tuning kit, which you're going to need as a practitioner anyway, um, and get started at home. And you can awesome. start on yourself and your friends and your family with just the information that's in the kit. And so you have one book that was in 2011 and you have another book coming out. Is that correct? Yeah. So my thesis um, came out in 2011 or 2012. I can't remember. Um, Tuning the Human Biofield came out in 2014. And my next book is called uh, Electric Body, Electric Health. And that comes out in January. Awesome. Awesome, we will yeah. definitely put all this stuff in the show notes for people. And um, you've been an absolute pleasure. Vaden, do you have any other questions? Um, no, I don't think so. I mean, I guess, well, actually, you know what? I did have a question. So for the home, for the, not, not a practitioner, someone who wants to get the tuning fork themselves, and I see it on the website here, 
um, let's say they want to get the the sonic slider with the the boot, the new version. You have all kinds of resources on your website, and should people be be fearful at all that they aren't going to mess something up by practicing on themselves? What a good question. Yeah, that is a good question. I mean, no, because the magnetic field, like barfoot tuning, is really a training of the magnetic field. You know, ultimately, the lesson is is that wow, it's my mind. <laughs> You know, that the, the whole reason why my hip hurts is because I keep overthinking about the future, you know, and, and then you, you realize that you don't need a tuner to do an adjustment on you. You can use your mind to pull your own photonic body back into order. Right? I mean, that to me is the goal. There's nothing more powerful than the human mind. And this is something that I really talk a lot about in electric body, electric health. You know, I, I didn't want that book to be about like, you've got to get all these tools and see a practitioner and all that, because for me, the tuning forks have been training wheels to really start to understand the architecture of how my own mind works and how the mind in balance keeps us well and how the mind out of balance makes us ill. Mm-hmm. And, and even though I still receive tunings because I find them very useful and I'm always looking to claim more and more of my own potential, right? Cause at this point after I'd like, maybe I don't have any ailments to heal, but I still like what is possible for me as a human being, as far as energy level goes, as far as inspiration goes, you know, as far as just daily experience of life goes, I'm really interested in human potential because there's so much more capability that we all have and capacity where these incredible hardware that's been downloaded with really lousy software. Mm-hmm. <laughs> relative to what our capacity is, right? So that's what I'm really interested in at this point is is how to reprogram and rewire ourselves so that we're not stuck in loops and stories and ancestral patterns and nonsense vibe jammers from the collective so that I can really open to the full potential of what it means to be human and to have this human body. Like this is the whole frontier here. That's amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, if someone's listening to this, does your website have a a list of practitioners or do you still practice in that sense? How does that work? Yeah. So we have, um, we have hundreds of practitioners all around the globe. Um, we have wonderful, wonderful practitioners and people who are trained in multiple modalities. A lot of people who are attracted to biofield tuning are, are kind of lifelong learners who bring a lot of experience. Not everybody, but but a great many of them. So we really have wonderful practitioners. I personally haven't had a practice since 2017. I just got busy with teaching and then was sort of running a business, you know, because I've invented my own line of forks. And um, so that, that sort of ended up moving more into that. I still work on influencers if you will you know famous people that i won't name um Mm -hmm. but i do that uh, you know here and there and uh but you don't need to see me i mean there's really so many great people my son who's actually 19 he sees people out of our clinic in burlington at a distance um so we have the biofieldtuningclinic.com where you can book you know they're all people who are good practitioners and so that's an option and those sessions are only 80 dollars Um, for a session, whereas other practitioners, skilled practitioners, you know, sometimes you're going up into that 150 an hour kind of, kind of range this work. So, so you can do Typically a session, uh, does it, you know, someone would get a couple sessions or is it just dependent on everyone where they're at or? What I found in my many years of practice was that sets of three tended to be the best. It's sort of like a beginning, middle, end kind of experience. I mean, you went to a chiropractor once. 
Do you know what I mean? And this is really like biomagnetic chiropractic. So it's not like I can just go for a set of three and then I'm going to stay in shape for the rest of my life. It's really not like that. You know, it's life is constantly stressing us and wearing us down and throwing us off. And just like your car needs regular maintenance, just like every, I'm learning to play the electric guitar. Every time I pick the thing up, I've got to tune it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So our human instruments are no different. Like to me, tuning becomes a lifestyle where you're just always, you know, making sure that you're in tune, that your voltage is topped off, your battery is as close to 100% as you can. And, and that's when you have that flow state in life. You know, you just kind of effortlessly get done what needs to get done. You don't go off into the rough having kerfluffles with people. You know, you just kind of stay in your easy groove with a, more than enough energy. And that's the goal, right, is, is to stay in tune and to recognize when you're starting to go out of tune and get help getting yourself back into tune. That's how we want to live our lives. You know, not everybody has that liberty. Um, but another option that is on the website is... Uh, these group distance sessions that I do, and I've conducted hundreds of them, um, which are more affordable. So if you've got like adrenal fatigue, you can go into the biofield tuning store and search adrenals and you'll get, you know, the three one hour sessions for 40 bucks of me conducting a, on a hologram, working on everyone who is listening live and everyone who will ever listen to the recording. So if you're drawn to that recording, you're, you were part of that hologram. And, and I know that that's a hard thing for people to wrap their head around. Like, how could this distance healing that was conducted two years ago on a group of people listening live, like, how can that influence me now? Yeah. I think the simplest explanation of that is, have you ever listened to a piece of music that's been really moving and had, and had a sense of emotional movement listening to that piece of music? Did it matter that you weren't there when it was recorded? Right. Absolutely not. Like sound has the power to move us, regardless of whether we're listening to it live or whether we're listening to it recorded. So, you know, well, like I'm, you said earlier, your body can sense like it hears it being out of tune and it tunes itself once it hears that. Yeah, I could totally see that. Exactly. And that's what happens in these group sessions. So they're affordable. There's all different themes there. You know, that's, there's some free ones. Um, there's a couple of free ones. So if you just want to go to the website and try the free ones, you know, you can do that. Awesome. Well, we're really looking forward to getting that book and learning some more about it. And thank you so much for sharing your corner of the universe with us. It's really been a great learning lesson, eye-opening. And uh, I know I'm excited to continue my journey with Biofield Tuning. Awesome. Yeah, great. Thanks for having me, guys. It's good to yeah, talk. Yeah. Thank you so much. If you like today's episode, you can find more information at mycorneroftheuniverse.com. And don't forget to subscribe. Thank you. Have you heard of light therapy? What about photobiomodulation? A fancy way of saying light therapy. Or stem cell activation. That's right. I said stem cells, the big buzzword in health that no one can afford. Well, you can afford it now. Head on over to my corner of the universe forward slash support the show and click on LifeWave. They offer a 30-day money-back guarantee. You can't beat that. So head on over to my corner of the universe forward slash support the show and get started today.